Hello. Welcome to Reach, a podcast produced by WEC Australia that invites people who are actively sharing their faith in Christ to share their own story. Some share their faith in their own culture, in their own home country. Some are living in other countries where they do this across cultures. I'm your host, Richard Jenner, and with me today we have uh, Linda Whitehouse. Now, Linda lives in Sydney, Australia, and serves with the Sydney Refugee Team. But she has also much experience serving refugees in other nations, such as Austria. Hello, Linda. Oh, hi, Richard. It's wonderful to have you here today. Now, the first thing I'd like to hear from you is how you got involved with the Sydney Refugee Team. Um, So I got involved with the Sydney Refugee Team back in 2012. Uh, I'd already been doing refugee ministry prior to that. I was working on the Innsbruck Refugee Team with International Teams Australia. Where where is Innsbruck? Uh, Innsbruck's in Austria. In Innsbruck. So not in... I've heard of a a ministry in in, um, Vienna, in Austria, but Innsbruck's a bit further out, isn't it? Yeah, Innsbruck's about five hours away from Vienna. Okay, So, so... how do refugees end up in, in Innsbruck? Uh, so they're sent out there. So they'll come initially into the intake centre, which is near Vienna, where the Ministry of Oasis is. Um, and then they're sent out often to regional areas um, like Innsbruck and the surrounding areas. Wow. So, so I imagine you you had a heart for refuge, working with refugees when you went to Austria. How how did that come about? How did you first get interested in helping people? Yeah, so I've always wanted to um, share God's love with people of different cultures. Um, And I actually met some refugees when I was a little girl. We had some um, Vietnamese refugees in our community that our church and the Uniting Church has also sponsored. Okay, and that was in Sydney, was it, or...? No, that was in Dolby, Dolby, in Queensland. Dolby, of all places, <laughs> in Queensland. Wow. It shows how those, those small things that happen when we're young that are, uh, you know, can be quite surprising and, and give us an idea of what we're going to do in our future. So you've got involved in the, the Sydney refugee work in, in Sydney, which we'll hear about in a, in a little while. But first, can you just tell us, um, you know, how did you get to know Jesus and... Uh, were you from a Christian family or how did that all come about? Um, yeah, so I started going to um, Sunday school when I was about eight years old. So um, my mum was already a Christian um, and there's five kids in my family and I'm the eldest and so we started going um, there then and I became a Christian um, shortly after that just reading the Bible at home with some Bible reading notes that my Sunday school teacher had given to me. Wow. Okay, oh, that that that's awesome. So you, well, how did you end up? Um, what what happened after that? Did you leave school and go to university and somehow end up in Sydney, or what was your path after that? My path was a little bit um, complicated. Um, I actually had wanted to do mission work probably since when I was in high school, but for some reason I thought that like all missionaries were teachers. Um, so I actually started studying teaching and I didn't have a particularly successful teaching career but I then um, decided I still wanted to do mission and um, ended up investigating some different missions and yeah, found the refugee ministry and, and that seemed to be the best fit of mm-hmm. time that I went overseas. Um, so I went to Bible college in 2003, 2004. Okay, where I, was that? 
uh, we are. Yeah. I went to Bible College of Queensland in Brisbane. BCQ. Yeah. Great place. So yep. it's now called... Um, it's got um, another name. Brisbane Look at us. School of Theology. <laughs> Yeah, often often places change their names, but still yeah. a great place. Yeah, and and so after that, you went to Austria. Uh yeah, September two thousand and five. I went to language school in Germany, and then to Austria. Okay, so you've got a lot of experience years. then, haven't you? That's uh, yeah, yeah that, that that's amazing. So so now you've you've brought all your life lessons and experience back to Sydney, and you've been working here for quite a while. While, but, but for people like me, it's really hard. To understand how you, you know, what you do during the day, um, how do you actually, you know, spend your time in in your ministry? What's a typical day look like to you? Is there a typical day? No, there's not really a typical day because um, each day looks a little bit different. Um, probably there's a, a typical week yes. in the sense that um, so Monday is usually a day that I can either do some admin or some visiting to a, a refugee or asylum seeker. Um, and then Tuesdays we normally have our team meetings um, again like in the afternoon chance to, to visit so visiting refugees and asylum seekers and sharing the hope of Christ with them is the key of the ministry and that's um, probably how I spend most of my time um, but I'm also the um, connections coordinator or some people might say volunteer coordinator for the time so some of my time's also liaising with people from um, churches and so coordinating others to help. Yes, that's right. So, so. You're, you're probably like most. You love you love visiting people. Yes. And uh, but you've got to do all this admin work as well. Yes. Yeah. So and we we part of our practical ministry is distributing food. So that's something else that some of the visiting um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays for me incorporates delivering food, groceries that is to people. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And how do those people? Um, how do you, how do you first connect with them? How do they find out about uh, people like the Sydney refugee team, and they can actually get help? Yeah. So often they find out about it from um, other refugees, so friends or family. Um, some of them find out from um, other organisations. Um, sometimes they f- find out from volunteers. So we've got one particular volunteer who um, can speak Arabic. Okay. She, she introduces us to a lot of people and sometimes from people from churches and people have moved to the area. They know people and, and yeah. give you a call or them yeah. a call and, and connect you. So it sounds like a big a big network. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Because <laughs> I know it's not just you doing the work. You have a, a team of volunteers. Now you've got a special name for them. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so... Well, we have two kinds of volunteers. We have helper volunteers um, who are doing work alongside of us, doing things like um, helping with sorting the food, um, but but also with programs like our um, Weekends Away or our Freedom to Flourish ministry, garden ministry. So they're the practical people. So they're people doing things with us. And then there's our companions, and sometimes they're also doing those things too, but our companions are specifically visiting people in their homes and helping them to settle into Australia and sharing um, the hope of Christ okay. with them. Um, yeah, having a cup of tea with them, helping them feel informed, doing all those kinds of things. And so we're matching like one um, person or one couple to one refugee family. Basically. Because somebody who, who doesn't know the language where they live, yeah, doesn't know all the 
government systems and, right. and, and also, I suppose, the cultural cues on how to get help, uh, it can be a real struggle. Yes, yeah. it can. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I love the fact that you call yourselves the Sydney Refugee Team because um, you're not doing this alone and you've got a role within your team. How is it working in the Sydney Refugee Team? How many people actually work... Um, are in that team? Uh, so there's nine. Nine of you who are fairly full-time? Uh, well, really, only Carl is completely full-time. Um, Caroline and myself are probably close to full-time. The others have other... Other responsibilities. Other responsibilities, yeah, I think some of them either work in ministry or with churches. other part-time jobs. Yep, yep. So. But it just shows, doesn't it, that people often think I can't do that because I, I've got a far too busy life. I have a, you know, a part-time job or I'll do this and that. But Yeah. So that's the team itself, but we also yep. that's not including the, um, all the companions and most of them actually do have um, either full-time jobs or study. Yep. Some, there's a few retired, but even they've got other responsibilities. Okay. Yep. So here's, here's a hard question. What do you see as the greatest need for refugees coming to Australia? Uh, Richard, what you see as the greatest need for anyone really <laughs> is to, to um, know the hope of, of Christ. Yep. Um, that said, you need to remember that they, there are practical needs that people need met and that that will show them um, the, the hope that Christ brings. So um, people need um, people to feel the void of loneliness, so they're missing family and friends from overseas, they're um, needing people to help them to negotiate the system, as you said, to be able to fill in the forms. They need to be able to learn English and learn the culture. Um, so many things. And, yeah, there's so many things, really. And also, yeah, the financial pressure because there's, even for people that are well off, they've often lost their um, value of their education, their qualifications that are accepted. So the like qualifications they had... Uh, back in their own country, um, yep. don't work here, so they've got to requalify or just just change jobs. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, you know, and that must be disheartening. I can imagine. It can can be so. Yeah, yeah. very humbling. You know, you are. Yeah. Um, so you know, God's at work. We can I can see that. Um, do you, can you think of uh, a story, perhaps, of how you've seen God at work, or a story of hope that you've you've seen amongst um, your work with refugees? Um, there's probably a few stories. Yep. But um, I guess one of them um, for me would be um, one of my, my friends who, who came from um, Pakistan and she's um, now a citizen. But I've seen her really grow in her faith. Um, so she had a Catholic background, but she's really grown and was... A, you know, able to, to share um, with kids when she was talking to kids at a Christian school about how God's helped her through the whole process and, and life has been very difficult for her at times mm. financially and in other circumstances. Um, but then we, I also see things that are still developing stories of hope, like my um, Muslim Afghan friends who have come to play group um, and then, you know, come to a course at a church 
those those are things that you should say. Just sometimes it's little things, sometimes it's big things. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, yeah that, that's wonderful. So if I was living in or anywhere really, <laughs> and um, I have refugees as as neighbours or friends, what advice could you give to people about how to start um, helping them or getting to know them? What what a, could any uh, Any one, tips for us? One thing is that hospitality is really important. So um, I've enjoyed the hospitality of a lot of my refugee friends. Um, most of them can cook a lot better than I can um, and they really enjoy to be able to, to do that. Um, so, But they also appreciate being invited to people's homes too. Um, so yep. just reach out and share in a simple way, share a, a, a meal, um, just be a friend like you would you know, go out for coffee. Like you would with any other friend, but yeah, be sensitive to and and aware of things um, like touch because um, touching someone, for example, of the opposite gender can be a real taboo for people. Even shaking hands, so yeah. So be, that might be, be careful in, in your greetings and how you yep. <laughs> you reach out to people. That's that's one of the things. Yes, definitely to be wary of. And I know in your your training when you. Uh, help people become companions. Yes. Um, you you you, yeah. you teach that a lot. Yes, this whole idea of hospitality is is fascinating, isn't it? That I think sometimes we feel like we can't reach out to our neighbours because they're culturally different, but um, but they really do appreciate it when we invite them for a meal or yeah. Look, bring, even if bring you fruit have round or even if you have you know, a plate of fruit, a plate of nuts, and a pot of tea. Yeah, um, they're not going to think we're crazy, that's, are they? That's no? um, a basic <laughs> thing. A, a lot of them never invited into an Australian home, so that's yeah. a great opportunity. And they're right here on our doorstep. We don't have to go to Afghanistan or Iraq or Iran or Syria to share the gospel. And they, those are great things to do, but they're difficult. We've got those people from those countries mm. right here and we can do it. It's so easy, really. Yeah, and it's very natural for them. Uh, I can imagine if you went to their country... Um, You'd be be shown hospitality, just if you were just randomly walking down the street or or appeared lost. You'd you'd, you'd be helped. Yes, I expect so. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's a huge part of the uh, many cultures' value systems. It is a little bit, I think, of, of Western peoples, but but not as much. It's it's something that we can we can learn. Um, do you have any refugees that are helping you? Who are in your team or? Um, uh, we, we do actually have a couple of refugees who've helped us. So, um, we have one um, couple from Egypt who've been helping us and they've never actually a- accepted help from us. And then we've got some others who've um, helped us in different ways who we've also offered help to. So we've, had, for example, had one couple who um, had their own bakery, so they gave us um, bread for other refugees. Um, I've also got some other Iranian um, Christian friends who, like when I was sick, wife sent a meal around for me um so that's not helping the team generally yes. that, that was just for me personally um and we've got some who, who step in and help with like translating and things so from different cultures um so yeah we've had um different people helping yep. different things yep, different yeah. people helping now sit doesn't do this alone you you partner with churches as well at, um uh, yes, we do. We part with with churches and with individuals within churches. So um, we've got some what they call church hubs happening now with a few different churches. That's fairly new. 
but you know the companions obviously all come from different churches all of our volunteers um, have to be followers of Jesus um, so um, so they're, they're because working. they're representing yep. us yeah yep. so that's true so if a church wanted to get involved and become a hub they could contact you sure or if someone just wants to be um, a helper or a companion yep. they can also contact us we'll be running some yeah. more i can imagine um, um yeah. the benefit to the church actually like you, you you're creating a some values about just reaching out and helping people yeah. um getting people to look yeah. outward obviously like we're supported in other ways by the churches too by people giving donations and things when and supporting um the team financially and by prayer and yeah, yeah. Ways too, so, yeah. Yep, you know that, that's fantastic. Now, um, I uh, I'm going to ask you for a scripture. Have you got a scripture you can share with us? And um, you I, you actually read this to me before, and I went, "Wow, it's a really good scripture." <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to share from um, Deuteronomy chapter ten, um, verses. 17 through to 19. Okay. Um, so it's fairly long, but it's it's one that we cheer in our It's not that long. Our training as well. Um, okay. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? It really does. It just uh, speaks of the whole heart of your team, I think, and um, and your heart as well. Is there anything the heart you're... of God, most of oh, all. Oh, heart of God, but uh, I think we're called to have the heart of God, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> and uh, the heart of Christ. Um, yeah, he reached down to us, so we, we we're called to reach out. It's just, it's uh, it's not an option, is it? In word and deed. <laughs> In word and deed, it's not an option. Um, any last words of advice for us? Somebody who's thinking about getting involved in a ministry like yours, or just um, it can be a bit scary, I guess, for some times. But just to remember that, that um, refugees and asylum seekers are just people like you. They've just had different experiences of life and um, they can bring you a lot of joy too and you can offer them some hope and comfort Mm. and um, that when you bring your presence into their life, you're also bringing the presence of Jesus. That's pretty good advice. Thanks, Linda, for sharing with us today and uh, I really pray a a big blessing on you and and, uh, your ministry. Just thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thank you for listening to the REACH podcast. For more information or to contact us, go to wec.com.au. God bless and goodbye.